welcome. <laughs> I was kind of uh, off I was in my ready. own fucking world for a minute there. Somebody was asking me questions. I heard music going, but I didn't know if it was recap of the last last episode or what we were doing. Wait a multi Welcome, asshole, to the ninety fourth episode asshole. of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patsy, the fucking confused nerd, and I am here with my co-host with just enough. The Ironborn. What? No, nothing. I'm just listening to you. Sorry. Yeah, everybody else says host with the most. You are the host with just enough. Aww. You are adequate. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Ironborn Goddess of Giggles, the Warden of Comic Cons. <laughs> She's 400 years old. That's right. <laughs> Ancient Nicole. Yeah, I'm old. So fucking old. Yep. That means you're older than me. You're like 7,000 years old. It doesn't like it doesn't work like that. It's not like an exponential thing. Listen, I shush shush your mouth. What do you mean, what do you think I'm going to do just like hiss at you if you come, o- come <laughs> over and you don't offer me a chicken? Yeah. We are also joined. Of Patrick, I brought you a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined also, of course, oh, chicken as well. nuggets. <laughs> oh, honey mustard dipping sauce. <laughs> uh, we are also joined as well. Also, in addition to us, is the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, ladies and gentlemen. Ashes on Nightmare. So, I have an issue with NyQuil. Not that I... I, Ah! (laughs) Um, So, NyQuil's supposed to, like, knock you out, help you sleep and stuff. Bullshit. It doesn't. And and apparently... So, I was looking into it. And apparently, the reason why NyQuil's supposed to help you sleep is because of the alcohol that's in it. But when you're a lush, right? You see where I'm going with this? I do because I know... Continue and I'll tell I'll follow up with that. That ten percent alcohol is bullshit. <laughs> what was really funny is when I was sick a couple of months ago, probably like a month or month and a half. I came home and my dad had gotten sick and I hadn't noticed, but I noticed that the Nyquil bottle was lower than what I had left it the night before, like significantly lower. So my mom's like, "Oh my god, did your dad take Nyquil? Has he been sleeping?" I was like, "I guess so." So then he wakes up and he's like, "Yeah, I've been taking Nyquil." And I was like, "You know that's supposed to make you sleep. It's like, you know, has a lot of alcohol." He's like, "I should have just taken fucking Jack and then just be done with it." Right? Like, I I feel like I need a shot of Nyquil and like a bottle of scotch or something, and then I'll have a, a good night's hit? sleep. No, I don't do bonks. I, I don't, I don't do, do the bongs. bongs. Um, I haven't done bongs since my college days. I'm a classy girl. I I I prefer to, I prefer the cigarettes. The joint. Um. Yes. Yes. Or edibles. Well, <laughs> speaking of classy and edible, we are also joined by the producer extraordinaire Johnny Wolfenstein. I think that's the first time I've ever been introduced uh, with uh, those two words preceding my name. Well, so far. <laughs> Night's still young. <laughs> <laughs> so, today, uh, we are here to talk about, in his own words, the man with no name, Zappa Brannigan. 
That's literally how he introduced himself to the Wong family. He said, I am the man with no name, Zep Brannigan. And that's just the type of person he is. You know, typically what we do is we have what's called a getting into character segment where we discuss what we're going to do beforehand. Uh, Today, however, the thing that kind of disheveled us uh, and myself was we were going over what we were going to do as the theme music uh, introduction was playing. So I did have an idea, and I will go first. That way I'll give you guys some time to think because... I think I know what I'm going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. Everything is a mystery. One of the things that I like most about this character, but is also one of the most tragic, and I'm sure Miles and Richie over at Best Darn Diddly uh, can commiserate with me on this, is the character of Zap Rannigan was originally written for Phil Hartman. Now, unfortunately, his uh, his untimely death came in 1998. Futurama aired in 1999. So this character, who was written specifically for Phil Hartman, um, obviously couldn't be voiced by Phil Hartman. Uh, they paid homage to him by naming Fry, Philip J. Fry, after Phil Hartman. Uh, but the... The uh, duty of voicing this character went to Billy West, who, if you are unfamiliar with him, uh, if you've ever seen Doug or Ren and Stimpy or the Red M&M in any of those commercials before he turns into Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. Is he Powdered Toast Man? He is Powdered Toast Man. He is Ren. He is uh, (coughs) Lieutenant Kiff Croker. He is Philip J. Fry. He is Zoidberg. He is the professor. He is innumerable characters on this show. I'm just really impressed with Powdered Toast Man right now. And uh, he was Doug Funny. He was Doug? He was Doug. Billy West has an extensive... uh, catalog of characters that he's played um so it got me thinking what are a couple of uh uh roles that were destined for a specific actor but that actor met an untimely death whether it was by their own hand or by someone else's where they were unable to fulfill that role now, like I said, I will go first to give you guys some time to maybe Yahoogle uh, something, or there is one that's off the top of my head that, um, I mean, aside from Zap Brannigan, um, the first character that I, that comes to my mind is Shrek. Shrek was originally voiced, and eighty percent of the dialogue was recorded by Chris Farley before he died of a drug overdose. And so, obviously, the role ended up going to Mike Myers. But I think Chris Farley as Shrek could have been fantastic. It would have been a much different movie. I think the character would have come out a lot different. Um, just as Zap Brannigan, I think this is a role, like especially after seeing all the work that he did on The Simpsons and Futurama being... You know, I don't want to say like a Simpsons spinoff, but it's, you know, there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of crossover between the two shows. Um, the fact that, I mean, including the literal crossover where they ended up uh, having to go back in time and kill Homer, but that's a story for another day. 
Phil Hartman's characters of Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure were two of the most iconic Simpsons characters that you know have ever uh, graced the screen. And because of uh, losing Phil Hartman, who is not only a tremendous voice actor, but his talent on Saturday Night Live, you know, where he was unfrozen caveman lawyer. Um, he played uh, Frankenstein's monster a few times. Um, he, he was in the very first... Uh, speaking of Chris Farley, the very first Matt Foley motivational speaker sketch where his kids, Christina Applegate and uh, David Spade, were heavily into doing bongs, as we referenced just a few moments ago. And, uh, you know, he had this wealth of comedic ability and this incredible skill with bringing characters to life. So it's, you know, it was a sad, sad thing when we learned of his death. And if you're not sure what happened, Google it. I really, you know, it's it's a sad thing. I don't want to bring down the vibe of the show too much, although I did pick a pretty morbid opening topic of conversation. So... Do either of you guys have a uh, choice? Agent Nicole, you look like you want to say something? No, I can't even find anything at the moment. So this yeah, is she's... kind of like a shitty talk. Yeah, this is way to spring something that <laughs> yeah. I actually have to research like on me. Um, hold on. I, I I have a lead on something. This is person looking... have to die. <laughs> yes, they have to die and be like... Christopher Reeve couldn't be in, in, in any more Superman movies after he broke his neck. You know, um, you know things like that. I've got People who suffer, like Anton Yelchin, can no longer be. Don't even bring that up. I am not happy about that. In the Star Trek films. <sighs> okay, 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 okay. So I kind of have something similar. So it it's not due to a death, but it is due to like an injury and a um addiction to pain medication and whatnot so if anyone is a fan of the show bewitched there is something yes. called the battle of the daring uh, yeah, yeah. so the battle of the dick sounds like something different agent nicole so uh samantha's husband on bewitched his name is darren for the first few years of the show he was played by dick york and everyone loved dick york mm-hmm. he was charming and charismatic and you know they they, they portrayed this great couple not perfect because you know she was a witch um they had their ups and downs but but it was made for really great television dick york was going through this so apparently he had like back issues and and because of that ended up with a an addiction to like prescription painkillers and ultimately he couldn't act like like the pain that he was in um what he was going through he couldn't act anymore or he felt that he couldn't be on the show or something happened so there were a few episodes that were darren free and then all of a sudden there was a new darren dick Sargent. see i told you battle of the dick i know i'm just saying battle of the darren sounds a lot more pg than battle of the dicks 
so there was this whole thing. I mean, and Dick Sargent wasn't horrible, but he was no Dick York. This, you know, this character was already established with Dick York. Everyone, you know, you, you saw Dick York and you're like, oh, that's Darren. That's Samantha's husband from Bewitched, you know, trying to get used to this new character. Well, this new person playing the same character, it just it didn't have the same feel to it. And even though Bewitched went on for another couple of years after that, it didn't have the same spark that it had with, you know, there was something about Elizabeth Montgomery and Dick York, um, the repertoire between them, you know, it just wasn't recreated with Dick Sargent. I just thought of one now, but yeah, that was yeah. I love Dick York. The uh, Dick Sergeant sucks, right? And and of course, like when Dick Sergeant came around, like they had made their way to Technicolor, and I don't know. I just it just didn't have that same allure. Like I mean, I love the old black and white episodes of oh, yes. Bewitched. I just think they're fabulous. But um, yeah, just something happened. Something went when Dick York left the show. Oh, um, I just thought of this. I had it in the tip of my tongue and then I thought forgot about it. Um, recently with the Harry Potter series, we had two different Dumbledores. Um, Richard Harris, who played Dumbledore for the first two. Yeah, the first two uh, mm-hmm. films. Um, I actually liked him more <laughs> instead of Michael Gam- Gambon. I mean, Michael Gambon was pretty, was really good. I like him better. I mean, for me, it was just, I saw Dumbledore was a lot older. Like, I can understand, like, there's there's two differences. Like, I like both actors, but I, I felt more, I felt, I don't know, I just felt, m- like, safer with, um... Richard Harris, I I like Richard Harris. He's an actor that like my grandfather was a really big fan of, so I have that little biased opinion. But I do like the different contrasts, like of the different um, Dumbledores. And which is really funny is Richard Harris's son, Jared Harris, who was in a oh, yeah, Madman. He would have been also the younger Dumbledore. He was considered as the younger Dumbledore, which he was I, also Moriarty in the game. Of- of Shadow, Sherlock Holmes, yes. and and he was in Resident Evil, one of the one of the I think the first one. I won't leave without my daughter. Um. Yeah, I I just I was like I yeah, know I knew I knew I had someone and I couldn't think of it and I just I see I I disagree with you on on that though <laughs> I think Richard Harris looked very frail. Mm-hmm. And I think Michael Gambon did a much better job of, on the one hand, being this elder statesman, this older gentleman who was, you know, elderly, but at the same time, like, very dangerous and had that air of, like, those scenes where he's fighting Voldemort in some of the later films and, like, doing all the spells, Mm -hmm. like, the sixth one where he's clearing out all the uh, Inferi. yeah. I can't see Richard Harris doing that. No, I, I like. I think for me, when I started watching it, like there, for me, I have like that sweet spot for a biased opinion. But I think, as a Harry Potter fan, as I've grown into the series and watch it, Michael Gambon was perfect. Alas, EOX. <laughs> yeah, that scene really makes like it makes he me- seemed 
frail and weak. It was like a grandfather. Like, like I felt like my grandfather would have been like that, but he didn't have a really long beard. But it would have been really interesting if Jared Harris was the younger Dumbledore instead of Jude Law. Because now Jude Law makes Dumbledore look like a sexy guy. Well. Which, Jude Law is sexy, but makes Dumbledore... I don't know. I, I... I have opinions about it, but yeah, I just thought of that. So there you go. All right. So I think that's a, uh, a nice way to, uh, bring everybody down to start off this, uh, opening of our, uh, well, you know, death is a part of life, you know, that's the way things are and, you know, it makes us sad, but. All I can think of, I mean, we said the way things are. Like, all I can think of, do you remember the movie Babe? You know, like the pig. Pig in the city? Yeah, but that's the sequel. Just just Babe. And they had, like, the little mice do, like, the the, the in-betweens of the different scenes and stuff. Like the mice, like introduced. I never watched. I read the book. I never watched. And I always. You never watched it? No, and it always makes me think of Charlotte's Web. That'll do, pig. Well, That'll there are these do. little mice that kind of introduce introduced each scene, and one of the scenes was called "The Way Things Are," and all I can think of was people say it like that. Like all I can think of is the little mice saying "The way things are." So what you're saying is that movie had excellent mouse feel. What I'm saying is Patrick Rahal is a motherfucking mouse. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one. <laughs> So I think with that being said, we'll go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we will talk about Commodore 64, Zap Brannigan. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and trick-or-treat radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Good evening, future passengers. Are you ready to sit back, relax, and join us on a ride of epic proportions through the mystical land of randomness? Am I a serial killer if I eat Lucky Charms? What would it be like if horror characters ran a gym? Who would run spin class? When a shark jumps out of the water, is it like suffocating for that split second? So join us every week for a brand new derailment with Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean. 
You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Derailers. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Have a great night or day, folks. And we're back. So, we've got some uh, some interesting character to talk about today. Some interesting character to talk about, yeah. he about, is some yeah. interesting character. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Zap Brannigan uh, and who Zap Brannigan is, uh, he is the most decorated uh, war hero in the Democratic Order of Planets, or DUPE. Um, some of his accomplishments, uh, he is a 25-star general. He is also in uh, one of the Anthology of Interest episodes. He is introduced as Commodore 64. Uh, so he's um, he's also been referred to as a rear brigadier. Uh, and... The Commodore 64 thing, there was a Captain Zap game for the Commodore 64, which is kind of like a redo of uh, of uh, a, a Flash Gordon game. Uh, he's also known as the Valor Fog, at least uh, when it comes to the ancient art of karaoke. Uh, Billy West says that Zap Brennigan is how he envisions Captain Kirk playing William Shatner. Some of his accomplishments, he single-handedly defeated the retiree people of the assisted living list, assisted living nebula and he annihilated the pacifists of the Gandhi nebula and he was able to defeat a horde of rampaging killbots. But and... de- defeating them was simply a matter of outthinking them. He sent wave after wave of his own men at the killbots, knowing that they have a preset kill limit that once they hit, they will shut down. So he just sacrificed thousands upon thousands of men. Yes, Agent Nicole. And both Zap and James T. Kirk, played by William Shatner, not Chris Pine, both are douchebags. Yes, agreed. Because William, agreed. sorry, and if you're a Star Trek fan and if you love what William Shatner, I disagree with you. He's a douchebag. But anyways, for a different story. They did share an episode where no fan has gone before. Um, there's even a part where uh, Zap is running a, he's, he's running a court martial and he wants to hear testimony from someone with a more sexily seductive voice. And they have the cast of the original Star Trek series on. And Nichelle Nichols, who played Uhura, is about to speak, but then George Takei steps in and starts talking. Uh, A lot of what Zap does is uh, predicated on trying to get Leela to sleep with him. Now, he did have sex with her. He is one of two characters to have sex with both Amy and Leela, the other being, of course, Fry. Uh and he has gone to incredible lengths in order to make himself uh, appear attractive. 
even going so far as to uh, not wear pants. <laughs> well, there's that. Well, there's nothing like the feel of velour, and uh, I do I do use one of his uh, lines occasionally. Welcome to my chambers, or as I call it, the love nasium. It's not what you said the first time I invited you in. So, Death by snoo snoo. Hey. So I did come across a meme that I think I'm going to end up using as our uh, our um, title page or the, the 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 graphic for this month or this week. Where it's him laying on his bed, Why his heart shaped. Well, by the time they hear this, they're already going to have seen the graphic. The uh, his heart shaped hover bed, uh, and it says Hulu and Snoo Snoo, <laughs> which is double funny because uh, the entire series is now on Hulu. Yes. So all 10 seasons, including season six, which is essentially four movies, mm-hmm. Bender's Big Score, uh, Into the Wild Green Yonder, Beast with a Billion Backs, and Bender's Game, which is the fucking best one. Um, Zap is shown to be uh, very much... An asshole. As an asshole. No, he's incompetent, but he has full confidence in himself. So if he's a narcissist, if Donald asshole. Trump was a cartoon character on Futurama, he's Zap Brandy. He would be Zap Brandy. He's like, oh, I'm so great. I'm the best at everything. But like, he's terrible. Like he gets he gets kicked out of the Democratic Order of Planets because he blew up the brand new space station because he decided to use his death ray to cut the ceremonial ribbon because he accused Leela, who brought the... Because uh, Planet Express is is a delivery company and they delivered the ceremonial scissors to cut the ribbon uh, to uh, 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 christen the new space station. And he said that they were probably part of a plot designed by the neutral planet to... Assassinate the yarn people of Nylar 4. So instead of, uh, instead of, you know, doing what he was supposed to do, he used his death laser and blew up the entire station and then blamed it on his right hand man, Lieutenant Kiff Croker, who, uh, you know, they're trying to find a job and they go to Planet Express and, they talk to Leela and he's like, Leela, perhaps I can, you know, I'm looking for, you know, a job. You know, maybe I can scrub the floors or clean the gutters or service you sexually. And she goes, you don't know how to do any of those things. Professor Farnsworth is like, hey, who's at the door? And uh, Zap goes, just a broken down hobo who's hit rock bottom and his commanding officer. So, like, no matter what the situation is, he always has to put Kiff down or put him in, you know, it's... Agent Nicole, I know you mentioned this a few weeks ago that you were a big fan of Futurama. Yeah. What did you think of Zap Brannigan the first time you saw him? Um, I... Oh, man. I Like I said earlier, he's just like William Shatner, a big asshole. Like, I legit thought he was the biggest asshole. It's one of those characters that you love to hate, but I really enjoy... 
I he has a lot of great lines and the shit that he does on the show is is ridiculous and you're just like really they let him do that but it's like if anybody else did it it's it just wouldn't make sense like I I think my favorite episode is when he loses everything the, yeah the episode I was just talking yeah about. I, I that's probably my favorite episode of a uh, sat Brannigan. Brannigan Begin Again is the yes. title of that episode. Um, it's just, it's the one that I real I anytime I think of Sap, it's that's the episode I go to where he he had everything in his control. He's a commander of of a fleet, and he, you know, he's so narcissistic and he's so full of himself, and he can't get his head out of his own ass. Well, and- he literally says during the episode, one day a man has everything, the next day he blows up a $500 billion space station, yeah. the next day he has nothing. Yeah. Really makes you think. And no, it doesn't. It's just... I just... He's just one of those characters... Like I said, he's just one of those characters that you love to hate. Well, the- but he has, like, some of the best lines throughout the entire series. Well, even in that episode, when they're trying to... Uh, they've got, like, a midnight cowboy thing going mm-hmm. on, where, like, the limo pulls up, and it's the uh, old lady with the cat who eats her change. And uh, he's, like, sitting there, and he's smoking, and he's just kind of, like, presenting himself to her. And Is she that just, how you do it? Yeah. And she kind of, like, looks away and points at Kiff. He makes Kiff dance for nickels. Um, when he even when he's trying to be nice, he's an insensitive clod, like the uh, Beast with a Billion Backs movie, where Kiff dies because he's an idiot. Like the he's trying to fire a torpedo, but the torpedo gets stuck, so he keeps hitting the fire button, and he sends Kiff in to fix the torpedo. And while he's doing that, the thing clamps onto his hand and he's still hitting the button over and over so the torpedo fires but it just stretches kiff out and then kiff is slammed back into the ship because the torpedo comes right back the way it came and while he's he's trying to eat a sandwich and part of what he spreads on his sandwich is like kiff's splattered remains he's like "Mm, kiff come try this and so at the funeral he's like he tells amy who is not technically his wife but his fan fan rue says, uh, allow me to present you with the last known photo of Lieutenant Croker, and it's him smashed underneath the fucking uh, missile, and he's just smeared all over the wall. But he presents it in a nice frame. <laughs> like, oh, here, I, you know, I know you're grieving. Like, here, although the best line in that is when Bender comes in and says, what's our problem? Somebody die? Bender, Kiff is dead. Nailed it! <laughs> Ashes, you look like you have something to say. Do you? Yes, I most certainly do. Um, no, not really. Well, you kept looking like you wanted to say something. You kept like inching closer to the microphone, like. Well, I'm just always prepared. No, I just i I have mixed drinks about this. <laughs> well, character. When uh, when did you first start watching? Futurama like did you watch it when it first came out probably not because you were about 12 no um (laughs) I was introduced to this show on Adult Swim Mm -hmm. I used to fall asleep watching Futurama I really liked Futurama the first time yes after it had been canceled the first time 
but before it had been brought back and canceled again and canceled again <laughs> um no i really like the show i think it's hilarious i think that the characters are so great um i just don't like zap Brannigan. zap Brannigan. men are like zap Brannigan are the reason why like i'm a feminist yeah and we see that especially with the episode amazon women in the mood when they get snoo snoo um and zap even even says to them even says to one of the amazonian women 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 amazonian women that the flesh is that the spirit is willing but the flesh is spongy and bruised and you know he's always he's always making like these sexist remarks like uh in the episode uh, with the the ball episode, yep, and he's attracted to Leela, who's gone undercover as a man, and Leela kicks the shit out of him, and he's like, "Oh God, I've never been so happy to be beaten up by a woman." <laughs> She's like, "Let's do it again sometime," or the time when she he gets into her bed when uh, Amy and Kif, uh, yeah Amy hijacks the ship to go see Kiff. And uh, she opens, She wakes up from hypersleep to see Zap in her bed. And he's like, how about you finish that dream you were having about me? She goes, okay, I was just about to this part, and punches him in the face. Yeah. He's like, how about a, we do that again, a little lower and a lot softer? Mm-mm. Yeah, he's definitely a chauvinistic pig. Uh when they do the double date, when it's him, it's the same episode, when it's him and Kiff with Amy and, and Leela, uh, he orders two steaks and doesn't let Kiff get anything. He's like, oh, the food here is expensive. He's like, I'll have two steaks, and the ladies will have some very sensual salads. And Kiff really likes Amy, and Amy really likes Kiff, so they're trying to hit it off, so he's like, here, you know, take my my list of pickup lines and say as many of them as you can as fast as you can. So Kiff doesn't know any better. He's very nervous. So he's he's reading uh, from now. The reason Kiff and Amy met was because he was uh, Zap was the the uh, captain of the maiden voyage of the Titanic. And he's like nothing left to do but go down with the ship. He's like, that's surprisingly noble of you. No, that's surprisingly noble of you. And he makes Kiff the captain and gets into a lifeboat and takes off. So, you know, that's how they met. So Kiff's reading his his book of pickup lines. He's like, if I said you had a nice body, would you take off your pants and dance around? And he's like, oh, Jesus. Like, he's just reading this stuff out loud without knowing what it says. Like. I've always found that the most erotic part of a woman is the boobies. Is that the same episode that Zap Brannigan does the Lola karaoke, but changes the Lola to Leela and yes. sings it in a very Shatner-esque way? Yeah, when he comes up as the... Kiff is singing the song. He's singing Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yes. And Zap knocks him out of the way, and he goes, Amateurs out, Amateur hour's over. Now I'm going to show you why they call me the Velour Fog. Oh. And he starts doing a spoken word version of Lola, but then says Leela instead. Leela. L-E-E-L-A. Leela. And everyone leaves, like takes the, uh, the escape pods and gets off the uh, 
gets off the ship and he's flying it. He's like, oh. He's like, there's not a ship built I can't fly. And he starts like hitting buttons and like the windows are opening, the windshield wipers come on. He's like, oh. It's built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. He's like, where are we? I don't know. This whole area is uncharted. It is not uncharted. You lost the chart. They landed on planet Amazonia. Yeah, that's that's uh, Amazon women in the mood. Obviously a play on Amazon women on the moon. That's one of the better episodes, like just in general, partly because B. Arthur is in it as the femputer. All hail B. Arthur. All hail femputer. Uh, that's a great episode to that features him. Um, obviously, Brannigan, Begin Again is what we were talking about. Um, the Beast with a Billion Backs. Uh, that's where he hooks up with Amy after Kiff dies. And Kiff comes back to life and yells at her. He's like, my body wasn't even warm yet. Because Kiff is cold-blooded. Um, oh, the one with the where the bugalo roam, where Kiff sets out to get Amy back from the cattle rustlers, but they don't think he can do it because uh, Amy's parents don't think he can do it because he's uh, boneless. You know, he's like, actually, I'm... I don't have bones. I'm supported by a series of fluid-filled bladders. Yes, yes, we know. You are big, squishy wuss. So they get Zap Brannigan, and that's when he introduces himself as the man with no name, Zap Brannigan. So, Nicole. Yes. Other than that episode, do you ever find uh, anything that Zap has done that might lead you to believe that he is actually highly intelligent but you know knows that no matter what he does he's surrounded by idiots like nothing he can do will ever get him out of this position like this is what uh, there's a theory going around that zap is actually quite intelligent but you know after making a series of mistakes is shown that no matter what he does, he's still going to be praised for it. Like the successful carpet bombing of uh, Eden 12 or Eden 9, whatever it is, when he... The uh, silk surplus in uh, 300 big boys, when he rents himself (coughs) a a medal with his tax refund from the silk surplus. um, Showing that no matter what he does... He's never going to be reprimanded. He's never going to have an issue. They'll always take him back. And so he's just given up and stopped caring, trying to see what he can get away with. Do you, uh, I, either of you have any thoughts I on that? I just think, I, I really, I mean, I haven't watched this series in a while, so... Some of my zap moments are kind of zapped out of my head. Um, I think he's just a moron. Agreed. I think he's just a complete moron who's just so full of himself. Like, you see how he takes pride in how he looks. Like, he gets a girdle and tries to... Come on, girdle, hold. Yep. You know, he's so vain. And he, I think he'll do anything and to weak. make, and we, yeah, he'll do anything to make himself look good while putting down others. Like that's, 
that's something he constantly does throughout this series. And I don't think there's anything that would change my opinion. Like if the series continued on, unfortunately it ha- it's not, but if it had continue on, I don't think my views would change if they changed Zap. I think the way he is won't change. Like if he was still on the show, he would still be an asshole. It's, I agree. I think he'd still be that person who would put himself first over others like he's like the person that you like you said he's like trump you know he really is it's like these people elected someone to be the monkey and he's that monkey there's a the the i think it's the one with um the uh who is it that does things the uh, titanic episode where He's sitting there and he's addressing the crowd and he tells Kiff to stand in a hole so he'll look taller. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, when he's going through the court martial, he tells Kiff to hold up the flag and wave it a little bit. Yeah. You know, so he'll he looks more anything. patriotic and then throws Kiff under the bus. Like, oh, and also it was mostly Kiff's fault. You know, he presents himself as this statuesque person. Like, you'll see him being the bigger guy, the guy who. Always with his hands on his hips in a superhero pose. He shows that he's the real, you know, real deal. And then you have Kip, who's small and and all this. And, you know, he blames him instantly. And I'm like, I just, I hate that. I absolutely hate that. Zap Brannigan is an insecure crybaby. He projects his insecurities on other people. Especially Kip. And... When everything around him, uh, kind of like when, when that when that mask is revealed, when when his uh, insecurities start showing, his he turns into this. Yeah, exactly. Um, he turns into this bumbling crybaby. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's even like, okay, way uh, to be a man. The episode where. Uh, again, Brandigan begin again, where he's working with the Planet Express crew, and he gets uh gets fry and bender to go along with him and create a mutiny and make zap the new captain and leela says on what charge and zap says failure to prevent a mutiny it's like he's just making this shit up as he goes along and people are following him blindly which you know he's he's not smart when the decapodians try to take the uh uh, a Taste of Freedom episode and the Decapodians, which are uh, Zoidberg's people, are trying to get into the main duper computer to get their defenses. He hands over the defense disc to a guy named Hugh Mann, who is very clearly a Decapodian wearing fucking oven mitts on his hands. It's like, Hugh Mann, that's a name I can trust. It's like, oh, my God. And Kiff's trying to tell him. Yeah. What's really interesting, and I'm just thinking about this, while he's such a disliked character, he's a well-written character for us to to really kind of rip apart and easily quotable. And, you know, and I think that's what makes him so him <laughs> billy west show. does a great job of bringing yeah. that character to life he really does and he shows the talent that he has and the range that he 
has on this show to go from different characters and to play like a good guy to an asshole in such a short amount of time through these episodes. And, you know, I like this is I really wish the show continued and I'm sure we would have gotten more hijinks of Zap being Zap more Shatner like. I mean, there's a whole episode of called the the transcredible exploits of Zap Brannigan. Like that's like a a radio program that they did with like really 50s animation. And that's the episode with the uh the Vigini the uh military uh the army thing and the the V chip. Um and that's where it shows like the length he'll go to in order to like present himself as a as a good guy, but even when he's presenting himself as a good guy, he does it in an underhanded manner. Oh, is that where he traps Leela under yes, the log? Yes, you think Earth blew up, and and they're they're like a an Adam and Eve type thing, and they're they're really in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, um, that's or a good episode. I like the that. episode where he's dating Leela's mom, and like the whole thing is him. You know, like you think, like he genuinely care, like he's turning Leela down. Like Leela's sitting there, like half naked, like trying to show, like, oh no, he just he's using you to get to me, and he turns her down to be with, uh, oh shit, what is her name? I can't think of her. You call yourself a Futurama fan? I know, I Morris and all I can think of is Inda Inda, and that's Lur's wife. Oh, that's going to bug me. Uh, yeah, look that up for me, please. Um, he. No, Leela, not Lilu. I know Leela. No, I'm, I'm telling you. Lilu is Google. fifth element. Um, so he, he, you know, makes it seem like he really likes her, but he's only. Munda? Using... Munda, yes. He's only using her for her xenolinguistic ability. Because he sees her break up an argument with the Karkarons, probably my favorite aliens because they're shark people. Uh, he breaks up an argument because Zap, trying to be the diplomat, accidentally uses the Karkaron word instead of like, you know, I wish peace or something. I'd like to slap your sister with a slice of bologna. And uh, she settles the argument. And then he tries to get them to sign what they think is a peace accord but is actually a declaration of war and he's like you know she sees exactly how underhanded he is like no matter what he does no matter how good of a guy it seems like he's trying to be his ulterior motives are absolutely uh awful like they're self-serving he's a jerk so he also can't talk either. Like the, how he says things, like how you, he pr- he crack them all. You know what I'm he pronounces things the same way you pronounce things. Well, I pronounce things the way he does. You want the champagne? I didn't realize you were such a connoisseur. Well, I have studied abroad or two. <laughs> and that's when Leela dumps the champagne into the plant. The um, what do you what what other episodes do you think people should watch uh, 
um, Agent Nicole for... I'm trying to think. I think you pretty much list the good ones. Can you think of any other situations? I think any time where he's lusting over Leela is really good. Like, their first interaction is really... Do you know the episode, the first re- interaction? Um, it's in the first season. I just... It's like the second. It's like the third episode. Yeah, I third think... or fourth episode where that's... they go to Vergon Six. Yeah, I think that's a great. Like, obviously, that's the you know the introduction to Sap, but it's also the introduction to his relationship with Leela. Yeah, because uh, Leela's like, all I want is a man with. You know, who's a maybe a snappy dresser and this and that. And he's like, these new velour uniforms sure are snappy, aren't they? Or these new uniforms. And then Kip says, I guess so, sir. I'm just not as uh, not as big a fan of velour as you are. Yeah, I think that's... You'd rather go to prison than spend one night with the zapper? Much rather. Didn't they get engaged at one point? No, because I gotta I pick some something up that the that uh Lila was his ex fiance. I don't. It's unless it's like so. I like like I said, I haven't watched. I don't it. recall that. Let me see. I'll Google it. I don't recall her ever. Like the closest they came to actually having a relationship was the. Uh, the um, censored episode. I forget the name of it, though. But that's when she was dating Fry. But she thought the entire Earth had blown up. Mm-hmm. But as far as I know, it hadn't. Okay. I Maybe... My bad. Don't... Oh, maybe your source was incorrect. I just don't recall it being that that happening. So what about you, Ash? Is anything, uh, any other things you think that uh, people should check out if they want to know a little bit more about this character? Um, trying to think. I think we covered most of it. Definitely yeah. the the Snoo Snoo episode. And definitely the Vigini episode. Yeah, that's like season nine, eight or nine. Like it's towards the end. Um and the ones uh the one where Leela's in drag as Lee Lemon. Oh, the uh um, the ball one. Yeah. Oh, war is the H word. Yeah. That's what it is. Yes. Don't say the A word, you'll blow this whole planet to the H word. Yeah, that's a really good one. He's got some good lines in that. He's checking out uh he's checking Leela out because the bathroom stalls got knocked down, the shower stalls. And Leela's wrapped herself in a towel, but she's still like supposed to be a man. But she's got the 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 hourglass figure in the towel. And Nixon's there. He's like, "Zap! Inspect the troops on your own time." Uh, yeah, that's a good one because it really shows his his relationship with like you know Leela runs the the obstacle course or whatever. He's like, "Wow, she edged my time by." By two seconds, in 16 minutes, in eight hours. I do plan to finish someday. <laughs> so there's, uh, yeah, that's definitely one. Um, I recommend, honestly, just watching the entire 
series. Yeah, it's on it's Hulu. Fantastic. Um, I watched it all on Netflix. That's how I really got into it. I have most of the seasons on DVD. One of my old students, uh, when he left the boarding school as a uh, thank you present, got me the first four seasons because that's all there was at the time. Yeah. Got me the first four seasons on uh, DVD and I watched the shit out of them because there were no streaming services at that point because it was like 12 years ago. So What have we come to now? I know, we're all right? streaming. So... I think that's a good place to wrap up our Zaprandian discussion. So I think when we come back, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll, uh, does everybody have their segments this week? No, we don't have any segments. So we can prepare you for the monumental task ahead. So we'll get into what's coming up because we're going to need some help with this one. So I think that's, uh, that being said, we will be right back. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunchers.com. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created F is for Family, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. (laughs) And that's my best friend, Richie the WizKid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, Hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, best darn diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. Patrick Ray Hall. In the motherfucking house. Patrick Wayhoe is the motherfucking mouse. Patrick Wayhoe is the motherfucking mouse. Patrick Wayhoe is the motherfucking mouse. Where's the cheese? Oh, that was fun, 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 fun Is that how you pronounce that? Fun, fun This is the part where Dynamo laughs. So, so that was our talk about Zap Brannigan. Uh We're not going to do any uh, any wine or science or. Uh, I can recommend some Nyquil. Nyquil. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do have is a major event coming up. For those of you who know us, we love us some Marvel films. We love us some superhero talk. And if you recall recently, we did a giant episode, our longest episode ever on Black Panther. We had a few good guests come on. We had Mark Lynch from the Old Man Wade podcast. We had uh, we had uh, everybody's buddy Pez, Justin, come on. He helped us out. He's a very talented musician that uh, you know Wolfie can attest to. And we also had Ian Wallace of uh, Amalgamania. And it looks like there's a bunch of folks who want in on this next episode. 
So our next episode, we are going to be talking about everything Infinity War. And this isn't just going to be, you know, an hour-long episode or a two-hour-long episode. This is going to be... A two-parter. A two-parter. Tr- our first ever two-part episode. We're going to have one guest per superhero. No, no, I'm just kidding. Sake. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that because that would be insane. That would be the point that I quit. We're going to have at least 10 guests per Infinity Stone. So no, we're not good. You one guest per Marvel movie up to this point. So eighteen guests. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, comic book Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet. You know, we're gonna be talking about our predictions. You know, who's gonna die? Where's the Soul Stone? You know, how many stones is Thanos gonna have at the end? I'm so proud that I like already got one down. How Captain Marvel will take over Captain America's role. I thought it was supposed to be Bucky with the good hair. No, as like the next leader. Oh, the leader? Yeah. Yeah, I've got some theories on where she is and what she's doing, but we'll get into that. But what we need from you folks is we're going to be talking a lot of theories. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, and I'm sure there's going to be some overlap between what you think and what we talk about. So what I need from you guys... Everybody out in the audience, either on Twitter, at Patrick Rahal, at Nick Tompkins, N-I-C-T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S, at Miss Von Nightmare, M-I-S-S-V-O-N-N-I-T-E-M-A-R-E, or at TD Thursday Pod, at Throwdown Thursday Podcast at gmail.com. I already said Facebook, Facebook Throwdown Thursday group. Give us your predictions, your thoughts, you know, what you hope happens, what you hope doesn't happen. Is Captain America going to die? Is Chris Evans' contract status a death now? <coughs> What's going to happen? What's going on? You know, will Thanos collect the entire Infinity Gauntlet? Will he wipe out all life on, on the universe, half the life on the universe? What's he going to do? What's going to happen? You know, will Bucky lose another arm? Like, what's going <laughs> well, on? Thor lose another eye? Will Thor lose another hammer? Like, what's going to happen? Like, I have some predictions. Uh, i got a lot of predictions. So, this is going to be a massive uh, undertaking. And rumor has it that there's going to be some giveaways associated with this. What? Rumor really? Has it. Yeah, there's some giveaways associated with it. Uh, I don't want to put anything out there until it's actually happened, but we will... We will be keeping you guys up to date on everything that goes on. So I just want to throw it out there. We need your help with this episode. Tell Episodes. us what you think. Well, it's it's, it's two still parts. It's still one episode. It's a throwdown Thursday Infinity War extravaganza. Yes. We'll be discussing Thanos, the hands of fate. So we do have a battle this week, though. And we will give you the, 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 the battle results beginning of next week's show. Before we get into Infinity War. So the battle, you guys can do the, your, your little thing. Really? But I have, the, I have the, uh, the battle this time. Okay. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you three, two, one? Yeah. Okay. Three, three two, two, one. It's a motherfucking throwdown. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I just wanted to speak like <laughs> So the battle I have this week, it's not so much a battle as it is an opinion poll. Um, 
I mean, technically, all of our battles are opinion polls because we haven't actually had the real battles. Um, Like we mentioned during the show, Zap Brannigan is a very good proxy for Donald Trump. And as anyone who has ever seen anything he's done on Twitter, which unless you live in a cave on Mars with your eyes shut and your fingers in your ears. Oh, God, I wish I lived there. You have seen some of the shit that he tweets. So... The question is, and we will post videos supporting each one of these things, because Billy West has gone on and recorded, uh, has read Trump tweets as Zap Brannigan. Mark Hamill has done the same, but as the Joker. God. And Andy Serkis has done the same, but as Gollum slash Smeagol. So, the question for you, the battle for this week is, which of those three characters is most appropriate as the Twitter voice of Donald Trump. Is it Gollum, the Joker, or Zap Brannigan? I I think I have a... I I know what I'm going to choose, but like I said, we will include clips so you can kind of listen to each one of these so you can sort of make up your own mind. Any one of these is a valid choice, but I think there's a clear-cut favorite in my mind. So... So that's it. That's all of uh, episode 94. I'm so excited for our two-part episode. Yes. So I'm going to wear my Agent Carter lipstick. I'm <gasps> hoping to have Maybe. an articulated Maybe. Infinity Gauntlet, and I will wear that thing the whole time. That like $100 one? Yeah, because I have a birthday coming up. So hopefully, actually, no, at this point, I have a birthday a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so hopefully I got it for my birthday. But uh, I'm going to wear clothes. Hey, I'll I'll give you some wine. I do have a purple Infinity Gauntlet shirt somewhere. Do you have like a hand mitten too? He does. Yeah, you yeah, have the, the uh, mitten that the, was supposed to be recalled. Not a, the oven mitt. Yeah, it's an Wait, oven that mitt. was recalled. It was recalled. Yeah, like, don't use it on your oven. But I didn't plan on ever using it in my oven. <laughs> yeah, because they melted. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. The so oven could, mitts melted, so you could exchange it for something else. But I was like, fuck that. I want my Infinity Gauntlet oven mitt. Like, I'm not going to use it because it'll melt, but I want it. So, with that being said, we will see see you you next next Thursday. Thursday.